I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion there's ever been. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! You should be a monster, and then you should learn how to control the problem. It all comes from life lessons, and the lessons are learned through struggle. Hey guys, how's everyone doing? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. And today, we're here with the very first success show, or our lovely guest, Dennis. And today, we're going to be talking about self-development, about health, and everything that we consider related to success. And uh, we're ha very happy to have you uh, on our first episode. We're honored. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to be here, man. I mean, Eunice, we have, a, we have a beautiful story. So, I mean, most of the time you are behind the camera and this is the first time I'm seeing you in front of the camera. So, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> see, see this guy in front of the camera, man. So, it's nice to see that, that you can also do stuff like that, man. It's cool. Yeah, to be honest, it's kind of like I'm not used to it. So, it takes some getting used yeah, to. But yeah, yeah, I get you. I feel you, but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's start by, uh, by your day. How was your day? Uh, my day was pretty interesting, actually. Um, um, today, I, um, yeah, I, I, like, I don't want to, I cannot say too much about it, but I train kids with special needs. Like, as in, I, I, I give them um, um, uh, sports and fitness classes. And today they came to the gym and we had a little incident with one of the kids. So I was like, mm, something that could be prevented, but... We managed and we made it work. So it was a bit uh, tensed today, actually. Yeah. And just to get into, uh, not specifically what happened, but like when a problem arises, this yeah. new problem, yeah. what do you think is the best way to, to deal with that, especially when someone else is, is, is involved? Well, the first thing is to just step back and analyze what the problem really is. You know, like what is really going on? And from there, um, you just... Try to look at different, um, how can I say that, like, you know, different perspectives and sides of the problems. And okay, w what is the problem? Why did it happen? You know, why did that person do or did what he or she did? And trying to understand it and thinking like putting yourself in a situation like, okay, if, you, if I would be in that situation, that problem, how would I, how would I feel and how would I like people to approach me? And from there, I just start, you know, dealing with it. I think the, the very first thing you said was very interesting because uh, in many instances, people like to directly react. Yeah. And it's an impulsive reaction. Yeah. You also, you agree that that's not, not the way to go in most, no, uh, no, most no, cases. No, no, I can understand. But some, it depends. Sometimes when you have a problem and it needs like quick measures, sometimes you need to respond real quickly. Yeah. For example, if you see something falling... You're not going to be like, oh, why is that thing <laughs> falling? And how, like, you know, then you really need to respond yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in other situations, you know, sometimes, yeah, you need to step back and see, like, what's really going on and then think it through before you really act upon something, you know? That's very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Then for, for this podcast, yeah. what I would like to do is uh, kind of take, like, a chronological approach to yeah, your life. Of and course. then we start from... Uh, when you were really young in Ghana, and then we'll, I'd like to move right. up, and perhaps right. we can start. We can talk about our story after. Cool. Uh, so yeah, can you take us back to young Dennis? Young Dennis, wow, yeah. I remember um, living in Ghana um, with my parents. Actually, you know, um, not missing anything. As in, you know, my parents did well. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I missed anything when I was a, a little child or a little kid in Ghana. Um, 
And I remember my dad, you know, that's when I was like, I don't know, six or eight, telling me like, we're going to go to a different country. And I was like, different country? And we were, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. The only thing I could remember is him telling me, we're going to take the plane. And I was like, whoa, the plane. Like imagine young kid thinking about a plane. Like when you look at movies, you see F-16s and like flying in it. So that's what I thought, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go into a plane like that. And actually, when we got to the plane, I just realized that it was the most boring thing ever, you know, flying to Europe. And it was kind of a shock for me, to be honest, because, um, you know, as a young kid, I, living in a small world, as in my house and my surroundings in Ghana, I never saw people... Caucasian, like Caucasian people from Europe, you know. I never saw someone with blue eyes. Never saw someone with 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 a, with a white skin. I never saw someone with blonde hair. So the first time I saw that, I was like, "What is this? Where are these people from?" You know. Um. So yeah, as a kid in Ghana, I was like, I remember that I was having a peaceful life with my parents, and coming to Europe is where actually you know the adventure started. As in, you know, seeing different people, um, going to a school where you're actually the only one who's different, um, learning a different language, like Dutch. I was like, whoa, I mean, what are these people telling me, you know? <laughs> Teacher telling me, yeah, like, you know, sitting in school and they were like, up, note, mies. I was like, showing me up for monkey, note for a nut, and this woman called mies. I was like... How is this ever going to help me <laughs> to learn learn this language? But that's the way they were doing things back then. And yeah, actually, from back then is where everything started from, like this whole journey. I mean, you know, learning new things, seeing new things, adapting a lot, understanding the way white people talk like in a certain way, um, why they think in a certain way, what the culture is, what um, what they find important and what they see as respect. You know, in, in my culture, in, in the Ghanaian culture, when you talk to someone, if you respect the person, you never look them in the eye. You look down out of respect. You come to the Netherlands, if you respect someone, you got to look them in the eye. If you look away, it's disrespectful. So at home, when my parents were talking to me, I was looking down, especially if I did something wrong. Then at school, when I did something wrong, I was looking down, I had to look her in the eye. I was like, why should... Why is that? So those those are like the small things that started with, you know, when understanding a different culture. Yeah. So that was young Dennis in primary school, learning a language. It took I like I didn't speak for like I think a year or two. First first thing. Like when I was at school, it's like, yeah, they were teaching me the language and I was not responding. You're just listening? Just listening. I did not want it to respond. I was like, what is this? Like I was pretty slow with a lot of things. What was the reason you, you didn't want to, to express yourself? I think, you know, for a child, it's very important to have a, a safe environment. And, I, you know, I know my teachers did their best, but for me, I think it just wasn't safe enough because I felt like this is, this is not my environment. This is not what I'm used to. And I think I found it very tough to let that go because I was the only one not speaking the language. I was the only one looking different, like, you know, in appearance. So, yeah, I couldn't f see someone that I could resonate with or, like, hey, that teacher or that 
kid or that someone looks like me, you know? So yeah, that that's it actually. And when you look back at that period, like it's a period of, of major discomfort, I think yeah. you, you could, you could yeah. say it like that. Uh, like a famous quote would be like, growth comes uh, with discomfort, yeah. something in that sense. Like the yeah. two are go hand in hand together. Yeah. When you look back, like is like does that apply in the situation or was it like that bad that it didn't well i had no choice like if you were in a situation that's uncomfortable you know and like it's so uncomfortable that you feel like you cannot connect with anyone like that's where you like consciously or unconsciously start understanding that you have to adapt so the that adaptation was like growth for me, like trying to like, okay, I need to fit in somewhere because that's that's how people react, especially as a kid. I need to be part of something, you know? So yeah, definitely, I believe in, in, in discomfort, you learn a lot. You learn a lot without even noticing. You just automatically start doing things that you never did before or, you know? Because you feel like this feeling of discomfort, discomfort you can sometimes compare it with, fear if i can say because you feel like you know uncomfortable it's like you're almost afraid of something so it pushes you to do something so that you can get that feeling away um so yeah i think i was going through that nice and and, and when you look back to that like like today for example mm -hmm. does, has that benefited you in a in a positive way yeah i always definitely because you know i realized that if i want to challenge myself if I want to grow, I got to challenge myself because if I challenge myself, that's when I start doing things. You know what I mean? If you're not challenged, you're not going to feel like, oh yeah, I want to do this. You need to see us. I mean, for me, I need to see a certain challenge. You know what I mean? And if I want to challenge myself, I know that I have to be in a situation that's uncomfortable because only then, um, only then I think I, 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 that's the situation that will make me push myself to the next level so yeah i see the benefits of it even right now being an entrepreneur you know it's so it's not easy to be an entrepreneur i mean um you know you you, you never know what might happen the next day you always got to stay sharp you got to check the trends because i mean you want to you got to earn money somehow you know you got to earn money to make things work and if that flow of money stops then you got a tr you got a problem so you're always thinking ahead like yo i got to do something i got to do something i got to do something you know, because, yeah, what if that flow of money that you have stops? What are you going to do then? You know, because because you're an entrepreneur, because you want a certain type of freedom, there are certain things you you got to get used to, you know? You got to get used to being uncomfortable. Would you say it, it relates to just staying sharp? Like you, you, yes. you cannot let anything slip. You cannot let anything slip. You're like always sharp, always sharp. And you got to feel comfortable with that feeling of, being uncomfortable and being sharp. Other things in your in your daily routine that you practice that help with that? Because, for example, I know uh, working out for me is a major, major key to just staying sharp. Like if, if yeah. I train in the morning and afterwards I take a cold shower and like, yeah. oof, I'm ready for the day, like I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I work out most of the time 6 a.m. I've been doing that for a long time now. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that, for example, is that um, I once said on, on social media, like, if you can get yourself out of the comfort of sleeping, you know, if you can 
Get yourself out of that comfort because sleeping is the most comfortable thing. We love to sleep. You know, that's something that people don't want to trade for anything. But if you can, can get out of that comfort, cut that short, you know, get that discipline to do that so that um, um, you, 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 you can focus on other things, I mean, yeah, then it's going to make you sharp. And, and once you get used to it, like, you know, like, oh, I want to sleep. But then you're like, no, man, I promised myself I'm going to work out at 6. Promised myself that to do it. Then I work out at 6, and after my workout at 6 o'clock, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. I feel good. And but then, practically speaking, because I'm a big advocate of sleep, I've, yeah. I've done a lot of research about yeah, sleep, and yeah. we've talked about this before. Yeah, uh, I know for a fact that myself, mm -hmm. if I need, if I want to be sharp, if mm -hmm. go back to that, if I need to be sharp for the whole day, mm -hmm. I know I need seven and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, if I'd have to wake up at at six, if I do some maths, I would have to sleep at ten thirty. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that's right. Do you sleep early or do you just sleep very late and then you wake up very early? I, tr I, try, I try to sleep early, you know. I just tr I try to sleep early and sometimes I try to sleep, but most of the time I don't sleep early. I sleep around 11, 30, 12 o'clock because there's like so many, so, so many things I have to deal with before I go to sleep and then I wake up at 5.15. So I get like five and a half hours max of sleep during and the week. And you don't experience that as like diminishing returns where like you, you're waking up really early, but then later on in the day, don't you feel like a very big dip where you just like. The thing is, if you're constantly sharp, you don't think about the dip. Mm. But once you start to like, once the day is over, you're like, okay, I'm going home. That's when the dip hits you. Yeah. And um, that, that, that's what I feel, you know, especially like in the weekends when I'm off. That's when the dip really hits me, and then I'm I'm out. Yeah, I mean, we I think for all the people watching, we saw yeah, a, yeah. a story from your wife. Yeah, she posted you sleeping in the yeah. car and then sleeping like, in the house, <laughs> sleeping everywhere, I'm sleeping everywhere. <laughs> so like, let's go to my parents. It's like, okay, so should I drive? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna read a book. Literally, I was reading that book for like 20 minutes, <laughs> and then boom, out. Then I got to my like my par like my family, my parents, and uh, my in-laws, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, feel comfortable. I put on my gilab, I, I lay on the couch, boom, gone. Yeah. I wake up, I eat, <laughs> watch TV, boom, gone. Okay, so yeah. so now in the in the frame of like giving people practical advice, so yeah. we we know so having a healthy routine where you wake up early, yeah. where you basically challenge yourself every day, and yeah. that starts really early in the morning yeah. by waking up early. And I, I had that feeling too. At some point, I was training with your business partner yeah. and uh, his trainer when we were training at six for like for a week. Yeah, uh, it was really intense. Yeah, but then I remember just driving back home at seven, and still everything was dark. There was no one. And I had already done my workout. She's that feels like, so powerful. Exactly. You're you know? like, they're all sleeping. And you're already I, up. I've, I've, I'm up. I've worked out. Yeah. I, I sweat. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready to challenge the day. And yeah. you're all still sleeping. Exactly. And you also want to, uh, you know, it's what I think is very important is that, you know, what, what motivates me a lot is that, you know, I got to be honest, tomorrow's never promised. You know what I mean? You don't know how many days you have. So I try to make the best out of every day. So if I have to sleep less for that, I will sleep less. Because when my time's come, when your time comes, it comes, you know? <laughs> you don't need sleep anymore. You can sleep, or you're going to sleep for forever or whatever. But, you know, your days, you cannot take your days for granted. You, yeah. know, you really got to, I believe, like you got to do something. Like if it's, 
if it's work or if it's working for your 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 dreams or whatever or if it's freedom or whatever i'm like you you really got to cherish your days man and I, i think if you sleeping is good but if you sleep you don't you don't experience the, the beautiful things that you have when you're awake so that's why i'm like you know yeah i can cut my sleep and in in, in the times that i i feel like i'm not doing anything well then i'll sleep yeah yeah I mean, you, that's something your body has to get used to, right? Yeah. I, I think if, uh, if we're trying to give practical advice, like if we tell everyone, yeah, just sleep for five hours, nah, not everyone I think that can, would be hard. No, that would be hard. And uh, I, I wouldn't advise that to anyone, you know. But for me, it's like, that's the reason why I do it. You yeah. Know? But yeah, no, what I know, people need at least, I think, seven to eight hours sleep to be, be productive during the day. And not everyone, I believe, not everyone is is on a mission like I am, I think. And because I have like a certain mission, that's why I push myself to that extent. Yeah. You know? That relates back to having a strong why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, my why makes me stand up early. My why makes me push. My why makes me like, oh, even though I feel like I would rather relax sometimes and do nothing. I'm like, no, not now, because I have a certain purpose in life, you know, that I'm, yeah, chasing. Could you describe your your wife for the people that that would like to know? I mean, I know you really well, and I know all the yeah things you're you're doing. Of course, of course. You know, my why in life is like, okay, first of all, I'm aware of the opportunities that I have in my life, especially if you if you come from a country where people are less less privileged. Compared to you, you know, in Ghana, not all the kids had the opportunities opportunities that I had. And I'm very content with that, you know. So the second I realized that, I was like, okay, I want to do something. First of all, I want to do something with my life. And I was like looking for a purpose in my life. And I was like, my, my purpose in life for me is like, I want to help people. I really feel a strong urge to help people and the people who need it, you know. Um... And by helping, I mean helping them by inspiring them, helping them by linking them to the right people, helping them by maybe talking to them, helping them by personal training, helping them by, I don't know, you know, giving the words they need. Like, I just want to help people. And because I find comfort in that, I feel good about that, um, it just motivates me to stand up and do something. Um, because in this world, I've realized that nothing is fair in this world. This world that we're living in is not fair. It's something that, that everyone knows. Like, we are lucky to be able to sit there and do the things that we're doing right now. And on the other side of the world, innocent people are dying for no reason. They have never done anything bad to anyone. You know, so I'm like, I'm, I, yeah, maybe it's extreme, but I'm very content with that. And, and that that mindset or that why came through the years because I traveled a lot when I was young and I went to um, countries like Pakistan. I went to several countries in Africa to do charity work. Um, I went to Nepal. I was in India. And going through to all those countries, I just realized that there is a there are a lot of people who you could help or you could make a difference in their lives just with your presence or just by talking to them or 
you know? And I also realized that I'm so privileged in the things that I have that I had to do so I have to do something. This life that I have is 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 not just a gift as in do whatever you like. I don't see it like that. People do well I, no offense to people who think like that for but for me it's different. I think this life is given to me um to do something with it, something good, you know? And that's um that's my why actually. You have a sense of responsibility. If I yes, you yeah, have a have a huge sense of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. As far as you know, I think I can do stuff and help someone. If it's in my power to help someone, I can never say no. Is, is the because you so you talked about like gratefulness? You're grateful like all the opportunities you have. Yeah, talk, sitting together, being mm -hmm. able to give personal training, being able yeah. to help people. Yeah. Uh, is that something that you practice daily? Because I know for a fact that a lot of successful people and, and books I've read or, or podcasts I listen to, uh, those people practice gratefulness for 15 minutes a day. And that can be in the form of praying or basically just sitting down and thinking about all the things they're grateful for or perhaps writing it down. Is that something you do actively or does that just come like in the day? You know, I think I, 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 from time to time, I, I take my moments to stand still and realize um, 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 how grateful I am and how grateful I should be. Um, but I think I express my gr gratitude, if I can say, through helping others. I'm happy. I'm so grateful for what I have. That's why I want to share it with someone. That's why I want to help someone else. That's why I want to link it to someone because I'm happy with what I have, you know? You're, you're actively experiencing yeah, gratefulness. Yeah, yeah, you know, instead of like, yeah, let me just... It's good to meditate or to pray or whatever. That's always, always good for the mind and the soul and the spirit. But I also like praying is something just for you and like, okay, I'm grateful. Now let's do. No, if you're grateful, you got to act upon it, you know? And, and that, that, that's, that's what I do. Very nice. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that a lot of people can take uh, example of. Uh, Basically, like changing yourself every day mm -hmm. and just being grateful for yeah. what you already have. Yeah. Are there things that you would add to that list for like? Because now I'm kind of like trying to get an idea of uh, how you live your how you live your your life and what your daily routine looks like. Now we've had two major uh, components. Are there other things that are key components for you to live a successful, healthy, happy, grateful life? Um. I think surrounding yourself with the right people. I think uh, my wife is, uh, is um, how should I say, like she sparked that fundament. My wife, um, the people I surround myself with, like-minded people, like for example you, you know, I see great things in you and the people you surround yourself with that motivates me and makes me understand also, like, yo, Dennis, you got to be grateful. Okay, look at the people you have around you. Look what's happening, you know what I mean? Um, so your surroundings, man, like your environment needs to support that mindset and that feeling. So, yeah, your environment is very important. The people around you are very important. Mm, I think those two are also key components for me, yeah. How does training impact your life? Training keeps me sane man <laughs> as in you know i've always i was always into sports and basketball and that that competitiveness to challenge yourself to push yourself even that that's the thing that i love 
actually. I realized that as a kid. That's why I started sports at a young age. I tried all sports and I wanted to do sports that would challenge me mentally. Like, you know, there's nothing, I think there's no feeling greater than when you almost wanted to give up and things weren't working and you're like, I tried this and I tried that and you're like, shit, this is not working. And you're pushing yourself, but physically you're tired and mentally it's draining. And then you keep pushing, you keep pushing, and you keep pushing and you win. <laughs> That feeling is it's it's crazy because you're like against all odds. My body was tired mentally. I was through it. I was down by this many points. Um, people didn't believe in me. That you know the team I was playing against they were a lot better than us or whatever. But because we pushed through or I pushed through, I won. Yeah. You know that that that's that's the thing I try to bring back in my training. Like pushing myself with weights, pushing myself condition-wise, you know, um, trying to find that competitiveness with me. It's like versus myself, you know. Like, yeah, can I can I bench press that weight? Oh man, today I don't feel like it. And I'm like, Shh, I can't. No, he can't. yes. And then I'm like, you know what? Just press it. Go for it. And then you press it a few times, and you're like, yo, I did it. <laughs> I, I I was fighting against myself. It was me versus me, and I I I, I beat me. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, beating yourself that that's Ex that's something that it happens here, and yeah, only you know that 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 challenge is going on. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's um, that's why I train a lot, and it also keeps me healthy and fit. You yeah. know, um, makes me sleep well. Um, you know, also research has uh, shown that, you know, when you, if you work out, there's this like this chemical that comes free in your brain that a happy hormone or en endorphins. Yeah. Endorphins. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's also one of those things that, that, that keeps me in check health-wise. You've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people yeah. from all different backgrounds, artists, athletes, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, name mm -hmm. it, you've mm -hmm. done it. Uh, something that I have observed in my, say, short lifespan is that I see that a lot of successful people have some kind of background in sports. Yeah. This doesn't always apply. But me personally, for example, I did Taekwondo for, for a long time. And like the feeling before you have a competition, at, I'm, I'm sure it was the same with basketball. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Uh, the feeling you have before a competition is like, it's very hard to describe. The adrenaline you're talking about? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's adrenaline. Yeah. But there, there are more things playing yeah, even. Yeah. It's just that, and then, for example, when I have to like do a presentation at university or, or whatever, mm. it just doesn't compare. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, just let it... Like, ha, do you see that around you, that people that have done some kind of like sports or... Not, not per se sports, but something challenging in their youth, or perhaps just have witnessed like very challenging things, uh, that those people are more likely to be successful or more, more likely to... Achieve their goals. Uh, yeah, achieve their goals. I think so, yes. Mm. Because, you know, certain, every time when you set a goal, you'll get obstacles on the way, right? And if you want to be able to face those obstacles, you need to have a certain mindset. It sounds cliche because everyone's talking about mindset and everything. But you need like a, a certain way of thinking. You need like a certain fire because that obstacle is going to bring resistance. It's going to try to stop you. And if you want to overcome that obstacle, you need a certain urge to be to be willing to fight. 
And if you're not trained and molded in that stuff, it's going to be tough to reach your goals. Simple. Is that something that people can adapt later in their life? Imagine like we have we have someone watching now and they're like, oh, damn it, I, I didn't do sports when I was young. Is that something that you can still build up? Yes, there's you know, there's no time for those things. Like if you're you're lucky and you're blessed if you had that in your youth. If you didn't have it in your youth, you can still get it. You know? I, I don't I don't to to me I don't I try not to link success to time. You know? I don't I um and goals to time. Like it's good to have a certain time span because it puts a certain pressure behind you to do the things that you have to do. But sometimes you're giving it your all and maybe you've been giving it your all every day and you still haven't reached your goals. So then putting a certain time on it will only frustrate you more. So I believe that, you know, if you haven't been through that stage of being molded and sharpened. Adversity. Adversity. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It can come later. And what are ways that people can experience adversity? Um, well, I, I don't think like um, I don't think like there's a certain um, how should I say it? I don't think like there's a certain like instruction book I can give people like you have to do do, do this to, to experience adversity, but If you're a person and you set certain goals, there's something that you have to be aware of that you will face adversity. And then if you're aware of that, you will face challenges and adversity. Got to make it clear to yourself, what am I going to do when I face these things? What tools am I going to use to fight these things? And how am I going to put myself in a position that I'm going to fight and win? You know, and if you can make that clear for yourself, then I think you already have a solid foundation to go through this ad adversity. And and yeah, it starts in the mind, right? Then. It starts in the mind. Yeah, it starts in the mind. Definitely, it starts all here and in the heart here. Like, okay, it's in my mind. I'm gonna drop to my heart. Then I'm gonna start talking about it. Then I'm gonna start acting upon it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And now going back to uh, your childhood slash when you were younger, mm -hmm. uh, basketball. Yeah. I've never heard you talk about that. I mean, I was always really curious about how that was. Yeah. Yeah, man. Basketball, man. It's a hate and love thing, man. <laughs> That's why I don't talk too much about it. But, um, you know, basketball was like, uh, it was a way of living, man. I mean... I was so dedicated to the sports that I would train twice a day. Um, because if you if you look at basketball, you know basketball is like, bro, it's a challenge on its own because you are so important in your team because you play five against five. Every individual is very important. So and your energy is very important. Because like, like for example, if the team is down and your spirit is up can be contagious. You can, can, you can get back from being down by 10 points or 20 points, whatever, you know? So basketball made me think big, actually. Basketball made me think 
that I could be the best in the world. Uh, it made me think like, you know, nothing is impossible as long as you train as hard as you can and give it your all. And actually, um, I could see it. Like if I would put time into my um, um, free throws, I was getting better at it. If I was putting time in the way I would drive to the basket, I was getting better at it. If I put time in my shots, I was getting better at it. I'm more confident about it. And, you know, in sports, you ha you need like you need a certain self-esteem to the extent that people might think you're arrogant. You got to believe that you're the best. We see that with all the boxers, right? Like yeah. like Muhammad Ali and Yeah, and you got to believe like... that you're the best, you know what I mean? And and if you don't believe you're the best, you're going to act upon it. But you really got to believe that you're the best. That's why you got to tell yourself you're the best. You got to live and act by it. And, and you know, you got to do it in a way to the certain extent that it's it resonates with your soul and your spirit. That it's really like, you know, the, yeah, you are the best. Or else, you know, you if you, if you, if, if, if you don't push yourself to that point or to talk to yourself like that, You know, you might have certain things or choices that you will never make, or you might be afraid to take certain decisions, you know, because you're afraid like, oh yeah, I might miss that shot when you shoot the ball. I might miss that opportunity, so I, I rather not do it. I'd rather pass the ball to someone else. But sometimes you got to step up and be like, I'm going to do this. And then you do it. And if it happens and it works, you're like, see, I'm doing it. It's good gonna elevate you even more. If you miss, you gotta be like, oh, I missed now, but I'm gonna hit the next one. Or, hey, now it's his turn to score. I'm gonna stop him, snatch the opportunity of him, and score again. You know, those are things you can you can you can use in your in your life, you know? And that's that's the thing I had with basketball. It was all about that feeling. And also in that time in my life, I was like, I felt like I didn't belong to I was like always the outcast. I was playing um, soccer or football, but in the Netherlands, I've always felt like I was, a, I didn't fit in. You know what I mean? I loved the sport, but the culture was so, so narrow-minded, so, so harsh, racial. You know what I mean? And nowadays you still see it in football. Imagine 10 to 15 years ago, it was even worse. I wasn't even playing at professional level amateur as a kid and I was already experiencing that so I felt like I didn't I couldn't unless you have a very strong force behind you you'll push through but if you don't have that force as a kid uh, because back then when I was playing football you know parents would come and watch and then you had your parents behind you and my parents were always busy with other stuff which I understand I don't blame them for it but I was by myself so you know if things would happen I was alone But you pushed through, and, but how, how? How did you do that? Because for people watching now, and I'm sure like many of us have experienced this, especially when, you, when you're not from, from the country where you're in and yeah. you're from somewhere else, how, how did you keep the, the mindset to just push through and, and just sit, like, take it in and just continue? You know, I, was like, I was like, at some point with football, I was pushed in the corner that at some point, if I wouldn't stand up for myself, I, was exp I would experience this bullshit over and over and over again. 
And I was like, do I want to experience this bullshit over and over again? Or do I want it to stop? I want it to stop. Then you got to do something. And I did. You know, so um, that's what I experienced with football. You got to stand up for yourself. And, um, and also understand why you play football. Because you love the game. But at some point, I got to a certain point, I was like, do I, is this what I want? Is this really what I want? Because if I love the game, I can play it outside. You know, I don't need to play it at a club. I can just do it outside. And um, I was doing it outside. I stopped and I was playing football outside. And then someone's playing basketball. And I was like, oh yeah, let me join. And I was like, whoa, this is different. This is cool. And the culture surrounding basketball back then, I, I, I could see myself in it, you know? But then if you look at the world of football 10 years ago, like the majority of, of the football players, they're white. Like, you know, the Dutch team. Okay, you had blacks in it, which came on later, but the majority of all the, the German teams, the Swedish teams, the Spanish teams, like, you know, and the African teams, you didn't see them that often, only in the World Cup, but they wouldn't get that far. So I was like, I couldn't really link myself to something that was close to me. And then I got to basketball. I was like, yo, in basketball, it actually didn't matter where you were from. There was no racism in basketball. I was like, yo, I didn't experience anything. It was all about your game. How do you play? If you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you need to sit your ass down and work harder and then come back. You know? But no one would say anything about the way you look or the way you talk or your skin color. I didn't hear that in basketball. Like, it was like one thing. Even though you, you were playing against someone, at the beginning of a match, everyone shakes each other's hand. At the end of the match, you know, you give props and then that's it. And if if there was an argument or a fight, you fight it off with your game. If you win, you want that fight. If you, if, 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 you, if you lose, you lost that fight, you got to accept it. That's it, shut up and go. You know, and with football, it was like nowadays, you know, people would say the, the worst things. So, yeah, that's why I, 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 I moved to playing basketball. And that's why I grew, how I grew into basketball, actually. And unfortunately, I was playing it, but, you know, physically, I was getting some injuries. And then back then, you know, like, the understanding of the physics are a lot better than back then. Back then, you just did basketball. The only thing you did was basketball, run, run, or football. And if you get injuries, you'd be like, how do I get these injuries? And how do I get rid of these injuries and stuff like that? So yeah, man, it, that's um, that's why I had to stop with basketball due to injuries, and it, it sucked because I loved the game, and but the injury stopped me, and at some point I couldn't get back to the level of of basketball that I had. So I was like, you know what, it was a good time. I learned a lot. I remember you talking about you the opportunity that you got to travel. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you went to USA. Yeah, to play there. Yeah, how, how was that, bro? That was. <laughs> I thought the Netherlands was tough, but once I got to the U.S., yeah, Illinois, I was in high school. Bro, basketball is their life. It's not about fun. I, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, um, couldn't comprehend. It was overwhelming. But I adapted at some point, and I, 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 I understand why Americans are so good in sports because that level of commitment 
I've, I've never seen a level of commitment to sports like that before. It's like, oh yeah, now I understand they're so good in basketball, American football, baseball, because it's almost, they put themselves in a situation of life or death. Like, if I don't win, I'd rather die on the court. I was like, yo, 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 <laughs> chill. You know? But yeah, that's it, man. That's crazy. And that competitive, because you were also really competitive. Otherwise, yeah, you, you, yeah, wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't go there. Yeah. That competitiveness, how did that come along? Were you from like a really young age? Do you remember yourself like trying to win everything? Or is that just well, something that you learned? or you? I had to because like first in Ghana, I didn't have to win because I was in a comfortable situation. So there was no fight, no struggle. But from the second I came to the Netherlands, you know, I had to win for myself. Like, I had to win learning a language. I had to win being accepted. I had to win, like, by adapting, you know. I had to stand up for myself. Uh, like, all these things I was experiencing made me or forced me to, to win. And, you know, without any competition, there's no win. So there was a competition, there was a fight. And that's, that's how I got to that point, I think, you know. And, um, like, as, as, a, as, a, as a young kid, but also, like, in primary school, in high school, in college, in my first jobs, I have always had to fight and stand out for myself to be accepted. That's where it comes from. That's also one of the reasons why I became an entrepreneur because at some point I was like, I'm so fed up of a boss, like me, having to prove myself to someone to get certain things done. Being dependent. Yeah, being dependent. Like I had to prove my boss, for example, like I think this is the best direction to go based on so and so and so and so and so. And then he was like, no, we're going this direction because I think it's better with no argument. Stuff like that, you know? Uh, or you have to act in a certain way for them to give you a raise. You know? You need to talk and mingle and... To act. To act. I was like, <laughs> why though? But, but that's the culture. Like, society. Like, if you work somewhere, if you want to climb up the ladder, you have to... People have to like you. You need to do extra. You need to be... You need to be everything except for yourself. I was like, no, man, I'm not going to lie to myself. It's like a cookie cutter template. Like you have yeah. to fit in or otherwise you're, you know? you're not part of the... And especially if you look different. If you look different, then you have to adapt. You have to lose yourself even more to be more like them for me to be accepted. Because you're talking about being, being an uh, entrepreneur. Before yeah. doing that, you worked in a very corporate environment, right? Yeah. Not many people know this, but... Yeah, true. What were you doing before, like, was, uh, before, before yeah. doing that? That was working for like, I would say the IRA, then like the government, like the yeah, banks. It's like the, yeah, the yeah. Dutch IRA. Yeah, very corporate, very governmental. Um, as a young dude, actually, I was uh, 21 when I started there. Is that one of the places where you had to act? Yep. Yeah, like that's one of the places where I had to act to be liked. I had to act, but also. In my in the beginning years of of my 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 shift in starting my fitness career, you know, um, that was crazy. So I I was like, okay, I had to. I was working there and I had to act. I always had to smile. I always had to. Okay, I don't mind smiling because I'm a happy person, but I always had to talk in a certain way. 
use a certain language for them to be like, oh, yeah, he's not scary. Or, oh, yeah, he's good. Oh, he's one of us. Oh, he understands us. Oh, whoa, he speaks. He understands. He speaks Dutch very well. You know? Whoa, whoa, look at it. He's, he's very well educated. Wow, you're different. Like, I had to do all those things extra for them to be like, you know, for them to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to accept him or I'm going to give him that opportunity, which is crazy. You talked about it really early on, right? Like, yeah. life is unfair. Yeah. Also in, in this instance. Exactly. But, like, that's a fact, right? Yeah. So you have to deal with it. I have to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Because some people would just sit down and be like, oh, life's unfair. Uh, people are not giving me this or I'm not like, getting that job. That's not the right mentality, right? Like... That's not the right mentality. I do understand why people think like that because Obviously. if you're in that situation, it's sorry for my language, it, it's just fucked up. Like if you did everything you had to do, everything was right, everything was on point, you, you gave it your best and then you don't get the job or you don't get the opportunity because the boss knew someone else who he liked or this wo woman or girl is his favorite or you know what I mean? It, it, it's It's... It's fucked up. So, you, of course, I understand a lot of people like, yo, man, it's never going to work. I was in that same position. Then I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this bullshit anymore. I'm going to choose for myself. And, yeah, because when I quit my job at, at the, for the government, I remember my boss telling me, like, yo, you're the youngest in your position. You're the only foreigner in your position. This opportunity is crazy. Like, the next... That the person, like, I was 21. And the next person who was young was, like, 10 years older. So that was, like, a minimum of 10-year gap in my function, you know what I mean? And the people that I was working with. But I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm fed up. And I'd rather earn nothing but being happy with myself than earn a lot and acting Yeah. You know what I mean? So you took a big risk, right? And I took a risk, yeah, in, in the right time. And how did the people, like we, we talked about, surrounding, surrounding yourself with the right people, how did the people that you at that moment in time were surrounded with, how did they react? Were they scared? Were they, yes, Dennis, go, go, go do your entrepreneurial uh, things? Or were they, no, you should have safety in your life? Because that's something we hear really often, right? Yeah, no. Like, when you... Change something that people were used to seeing. It, you know, change always brings resistance. So there was like a certain like measure of resistance. That's in, yeah. What are you gonna do now? And why did you stop? And how are you gonna do this? I don't think it was the right choice. You always have that, and I don't blame people for that because they don't understand your situation. They're just putting their own fears in your head. Because that's what they would fear, you know? But then you just got to do what you got to do. And at some point when it's going well, they'll be like, oh, yeah. Only oh. afterwards, they'll congratulate afterwards, you. Afterwards, <laughs> you know? But it's tough. Like, it's always a challenge. We're saying about things that it's unfair. Like, e like even in the first years of my fitness career, um, I had to adapt. Until the point we had the whole thing with George Floyd. And now everyone is like, oh, yeah, we need to change stuff. But, like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a personal trainer. Um, I'm a Les Mills national trainer. I traveled a lot for Les Mills um, to New Zealand. And it's also a big corporate company. And the way they were portraying themselves 
before George Floyd was like every every advertisement, every poster, every model, most of the time was white, blonde hair, blue eyes. Like this is the fit this this is fitness with these people. This is how they look. You know, skinny and this is how they look. Well if you look at the world of if you if you look at the world, you have all types of people. And you need to give them someone they can also look up to. You know, that they need to see themselves in certain people. For example, you know, um maybe in the in, in for example the 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 the, the, the ghettos of America they would push less mills. But then they would push less mills with this beautiful, skinny, blue eye, blonde hair, young dude, or young woman to say, yo, yo, this is fitness. That kid's gonna be like, get that. You know? This <laughs> doesn't not, work. Not it compatible. doesn't work like me. I'm not like you. Like, oh, so I have to be like you to be healthy? So this is health? This is looking good? This is nice? This is beauty? So you know that so even in that company as a young trainer I had to adapt because in the national team of the Netherlands predominantly everyone is Dutch and when I came in you know I remember having this talk with with my head trainer he is the he's, he was my colleague but we became good friends very good friends um boss is his name I remember one of the things he told me like you know Dennis when you come in try to open up a bit more because when you open up people see the real you And then you know, they see your personality, they see you smile, and, they, and it's easier to connect with that. And I was like, why do I have to do that? Why can they not be welcoming to me? That's what I had in my head. But because I wanted to, because I was a trainee, I wanted to become a trainer, I had to adapt to it. I had to smile when I come in. I had to talk to them. I had to understand their jokes. I had to accept certain things. But that's not the way it should be. You know, stuff like that. Even even worse. Like I've 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 um, uh, um, I've been in certain situations where I felt discriminated openly, but they thought it was a joke. For example, we were teaching a class. I was still a trainee, and in front of the class, like we were standing in front of the people, and we had like I don't know a hundred people standing in front of us. We're going to teach a grid class, and um, there was this trainer who was saying. Yo, this is so and so. This is so and so, and I was. It was dark there. You know what I mean. And I was wearing like a white shirt. And then he said, "And this is Dennis, and you can only see him by his white T-shirt." I bro, like at that point, something just snapped in my head. But I was like, "This a problem? <laughs> what happened?" He thinks he's making a joke, so he thinks he's funny. He doesn't realize that it's a racial comment that's not fair towards me, and I feel offended about it. I offended about it. So first, I wanted to react impulsively, but because I've been through situations like that, I just did the class. After the class, I took him aside, and I was like, yo, bro, I understand you want to make jokes. These type of jokes, I don't like. And especially, it's even worse because you did it in front of everyone. I felt offended about it, about it and I want you to change that. He said, you know, it's a joke, and what you're saying is bullshit. I'm not going to do anything with it. That's what I faced <laughs> in Les Mills, the Netherlands. Um, and it's actually, I think this would be very good to also show it, because I'm going to be open and honest about it, you know? I faced that. It's like the guy said that. I was like, okay, cool. I was in my mind. I said it to you. 
and you're not doing anything with it. If it happens again, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go get her on you, bro. Then screw this shit. I'm going to go. I'm going to stop. He never did that again, though. So the message came in. But I could always feel like there was a sense of he didn't like me, you know? Always putting me down. For no reason. No reason. Well, actually, I, I think he felt intimidated by me. New guy, um, very charismatic, open, being myself, putting in the, I would say, the flavor in the team. Because at first I came in, I was like, hi. At some point, I was like myself. Yeah. Cracking jokes, using social media during the class. I was the first one doing stuff like that, and he didn't like it, you know? I was like, who's this guy? Getting opportunities. He was like, I'm, I'm show. Yeah, I was like, he was like, I'm doing, I'm working my ass off, my butt off, and this guy gets the opportunity to go to New Zealand to film. Why does he get the opportunity? Why not me? That unfair thing again. Well, I was seeing things differently. I was like, you know, fitness, yeah, technique should be on point. Your coaching should be on point. But what motivates people? Not by telling them, yeah, you got the right, correct technique, you got the right this, you got the, it's about what you give extra, your personality. You know, that's what I saw. Maybe my technique wasn't always on point and my coaching wasn't always on point, but I need to, I, I found a way to to touch people, you know? They can steal the recipe, but the sauce won't be the same. Exactly, bro. <laughs> so I came to that point where this guy was putting me down in front of a, a lot of people and it came to a point because I, I always say, told my manager, the people up top, like, yo, this guy is, is actually bullying me. It needs to stop. And they're like, yeah, then we're fine. We spoke to him. And, and it, like, it went on for two years. And to that point, I was like, you know what? Because we had a, we had a mega quarterly and we had to... Um, what, uh, what is that? A mega quarterly. Like, Les Mills, like, they have like a quarterly event where all the instructors, Les Mills instructors have to come to get the new release of certain classes. So we teach them the new releases. And a mega quarterly is like a huge event where we like at like parties and a show and everything to it. It's like a huge event, like a fitness event, you know? Like the way you go to a festival, you go to a fitness festival. That's the bigger quarterly. And we had to teach a class together. But on the preparation day for the mega quarterly, like a day before, he was putting me down again in front of everyone. And my friend Buzz, who moved back then, he moved to New Zealand, who came back, or moved to Japan and came back, he saw that and he, he was, Stepping up for me, like, yo, you don't have to, like, you know, but I was like, I told him, see, bro, this guy is doing the same thing again. But I, it reached a certain level where I was like, if I don't address it again with this guy, it's not going to end well. So I went to my program coach. I went to my manager. And my program coach was first like, you know what? Let's do it after the class because I don't want to disturb, I don't want to um, disturb anything, you know, or the team spirit. And I was like, no. At first I said yes, but the guy kept going. I was like, yo, bro, I have to teach tomorrow with, with him. I am not going to teach with this guy because it's here now. So I remember that morning I, 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 I called my training manager and my program coach and that guy. I was like, we're going to talk right now. <laughs> and the things I said, bro, I said, you guys, we're going to solve this now. Because it needs to stop. And they were like, okay, cool. So we sat, and then my, my training manager asked him, what is your problem with Dennis, actually? And that's where the first time I, I heard, heard his reason. He said, I don't think Dennis has the qualities of a trainer 
that he needs to have to be in this team. Then I stopped and asked, like, okay, if you think I'm not good enough, if you think that you're better than me, which is fine, I can respect that. We have the trading manager who, who decides who stays or who goes. We have the program coach who has to work with it. But that doesn't mean you have to put me down in front of people and you have to talk shit about me. And I told him straight in his face, bro, I am not going to have this conversation with you or try to understand you. I'm going to tell you this. If you ever put me down in front of people again, bro, we won't be talking. Bro, I will smash your face. That's what I told him straight away. I'm going to break you down. I don't give a shit. If you disrespect me one more time, bro, I'm telling you what I'm going to do with you. <laughs> you don't want to, like, I'm going to beat the shit out. I don't know what I'm, I don't know how it's going to end, but this is what I'm going to do with you. And then everyone was like, quiet, because they never saw me like that. I actually threatened that person. If he does it again, I'm going to do this. I remember my, 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 my coach, training manager saying, okay. So I understand, Dennis, you said what you have to say, but what can we do to change the situation? I was like, no, not what can we do. I always respected the guy. What can he do to change the situation? Because I did nothing wrong. For two, from day one, this guy's bullying me, racial jokes, up to now he's putting me down in front of people. And you're asking me what we can do? There's no we in this, that's him. He needs to change. And then he heard me and he apologized and, and uh, he, um, he was very sad about it, I heard. And um, he was like, it was never his intention. I was like, I don't care if it was your intention or not. You need to stop. I'm done with you. And actually from that day, I saw a positive change in this guy. But those are things I'm like always facing, like in cor corporate things. Even in New Zealand, I had like where, like where, where the headquarter is, I faced some challenges about racial things with people. And now after George Floyd, the whole marketing of Les Mills has changed. You know, now all of a sudden they're putting black people, they're putting people with, uh, with hijabs, they're putting all sorts of people and marketing it, and they're marketing it like that, you know, which is a good change. But it always annoys me that something horrible needs to happen for people to understand that they need to change when it comes to stuff like that. Crazy. But yeah. Yeah, it's the world we, we live in. Uh, That's the world we live in, bro. But I think still with, with that being said, you mm. it's what we live in, okay? Mm. that That's a fact, but the way you react to it, that's up to you. Yeah. And I think by, uh, by addressing the problem, not directly in a way where you have an impulsive reaction, like, wow, what's happening? You step, take a step back, analyze the situation, go talk to him first. Yo, this is not okay. Just by like taking it slowly, I think you're doing him a big favor as well. Because like, if you have that mindset of like constantly bringing people down, you're not going to get far. Mm -hmm. you, like, I think Gary Vee said this one, like you can either uh, have the tallest building by destroying all the buildings around you, or you can actually have the tallest building because you're the best. Mm. And just by, by helping him, like, no, this is not the way to go. You have to do it like this. You shouldn't, like, make racial comments. Just treat people with respect. It's the equal playing ground. I think you're doing him a big favor as well. So even with all this going on, you still find a way to address things in a professional manner. I think that's very, 
inspiring for a uh, most of it was professional yeah, but at the end like at the end like i was if, like yo if it doesn't work if you, it doesn't work bro yeah. Yeah. i'm yeah you know because i'm human too you know sometimes things just get too get too much of you actually but um yeah yeah so we've talked about uh unfair environments yeah when you look back at ghana people not having education there mm-hmm. that's the same thing right mm-hmm. and then for the people that know you personally, we all know that you created this great initiative. Yeah. Uh, named after Fofi Foundation. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us some more about that? Yeah. So, um, so Fofi Foundation, uh, like I, I go, I always go by the name Dennis Stoppin, but it's Dennis Stoppin Fofi. Um, last name of my father, uh, the late Nana Kofi, passed away 2015. Um, which... I started a beautiful thing with, actually, we wanted to give back to the community. We wanted to start a school to help less privileged kids to get quality education because there is education in Ghana, but if you want quality education, it's it's for the people who can afford it, to be honest. It's pretty expensive also, you know. Um, so people tend to go to yeah schools that are not too good or you will have an amazing teacher, but it's impossible for a teacher to teach to a hundred kids, for example, you know, because some of them will get it, but not all of them will get the, your teaching. So yeah, we, we wanted to give something back and we started this thing on our own, first of all, but due to him passing away, like the, 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 a lot of things, the situation changed, which made me resolve in starting this foundation, you know, the Fofi Foundation, where we, um, where we want to like uplift this project and finish this project so that um, we can facilitate a thousand kids when, once once the project is fully built, you know. And um, yeah, that's 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 the goal. That's uh, that's the foundation. And, and you go there pretty often, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen Instagram stories, we've seen yeah. videos come yeah. by. Yeah, yeah. W- when you go there, mm-hmm. does that give you a certain sense of purpose? Like, this is why I'm doing it. Because mm-hmm. I can imagine that. That would happen. It does, bro. Because, you know, every time when you face the reality of, every time you're faced with how, like, lucky you are to be in the position that you are today and that others would die for that opportunity or that others would, like, if they would stand in your shoes, they would utilize every opportunity, maybe even better than you. That reality check makes you understand that, yo, you know, I'm privileged to be in this life that I have. So if you can help someone that wants that same opportunity and grow, that's amazing. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's just just life, man. And also, every time when I go there, the appreciation that the people have, just having you like your presence it's 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 they're happy with your presence to say that hey there was this dude who came from the netherlands and i had like dinner with him for them to be able to tell their story to someone else they enjoyed that or yo he brought some people from the netherlands and you know they they did did this with us or they gave us this like they appreciate so much and even the craziest thing like okay I met someone from Ghana, that person, you know, didn't have much. 
but was willing to share his last with me. Like I was like, no, man, I don't want it. No, I want to share it. No, I don't want it. No, please, I want you to have this. I mean, that's just insane. You know what I mean? And that's that motivates me to do a lot more, to, to, to be better, you know, to be a better person. Yeah. I mean, we learn by trials and tribulations and by mistakes. And I've made a lot of mistakes, though. But at the end of the day, learning from them and seeing these these things just makes you makes you feel good and makes you, you know, realize that you got to do your best. And and the people here, I mean, mm-hmm. we had a event, yeah, not long ago, yeah. People are really supportive, right? Yeah, they like, were. Like I think you inspire supportive. a lot of people. I mean, if myself, I'm just speaking mm-hmm. for myself now. Just seeing that, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I, I want that. I want something similar to that. Be part yeah. of my why. Yeah, I want to also give back. Yeah, uh, speaking for myself, but I think for a lot of people, I mean, mm-hmm. that event was really successful. A lot of people came, yeah. a lot of smiling faces, yes. a lot of appreciation, and also your your, vi- your wife is really involved with it. She's yeah. also completely. Uh, you know, she believes in the vision and yeah. she gives her her all. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm happy for that. Yeah, it is, bro. I'm very happy to 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 have it because that was the first real event I ever had. First event, yeah. Yeah. So that was a great experience to see all those faces and to, because you know, like I faced like a lot of challenges, which is crazy. When it it's about entrepreneurship and when it's about um business and stuff like that you know people get involved easy but if it's about helping others and others that are far away from you it somehow becomes a challenge which i faced several times to get people involved to get people involved you know i was and 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 every time because it's so personal to me every time when 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 People would say they were getting involved and they didn't get involved. It kind of did something with me to the extent that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this shit myself. You know, then I don't have to rely on people. But it's thanks to my wife who gathered the right people to say, yo, look, I know this is challenging for you. I know this is personal for you, but it's also personal for me. And I can pull this off. And she pulled it off, you know what I mean? I never expected this to happen like that. And it was like, I was really um, nervous also a bit to be like, okay, what's going to happen? Are people going to come? You know, how's the gay day going to go? I was like, oh man, stress. I was like, like I couldn't have done it by myself. I remember she called me uh, a week in advance. She yeah. was like, uh, you need to do a promotion video yeah. for the event, but don't tell Dennis. He, he can't know. Yeah. We have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It went really well. And and you, did you find out like the day before the or the day like itself or like, I think when she posted that videos where I yeah, realized yeah. that yeah. She did a great she, job of keeping it secret. Yeah, yeah, really, really. She was so involved. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, that that really did me well, man. I mean to see that many people to come and support. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. even for that to happen, you had to make those first steps. You had to go there uh with with your your last resorts to like just like get the bricks and the sand and everything yeah, yeah. you have to make those steps and then you can be like look we have this it's sad yeah. that, that people don't 
but also that's what we live in i guess like it's just life is unfair you know yeah and you cannot you cannot force people to help you i'm like people need to be see it and do it i don't want people just to do it because they feel like a certain pressure you know if, if you if you give and you gotta it's not pure yeah you gotta give from a pure and happy heart or else i don't need your help you know um because i'm doing it from a pure and happy heart i'm doing it for the smiles on these kids their face i'm doing it like if this project works i believe it's gonna work when it works if i can have only one kid that makes it to a certain extent that that, that kid is a talent in school or whatever it can study abroad and comes back to do the same it's good and then it's a positive feedback loop where we'll continue exactly. and people take example and be like oh dennis gave me this opportunity or help me help me go study at harvard or whatever like crazy whatever, thing we know, can we can yeah. imagine but even if like if i get to know this one kid that is that special that can help like i don't know millions you know then then it, it's it's good or i can motivate this one kid to reach a certain thing that can reach the masses why not yeah you know? that's amazing yeah it is it is it is Because um you know um How is that for you? I mean, you you've seen it. You 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 you've seen me doing this stuff and things like that. What 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 goes through your mind when you hear all these things? You're talking about like building the school? Yeah, and the foundation and stuff like that. I mean, f- for me, it, like I tend to relate things back to myself. Yeah. Like how, like how how can I do this too? Yeah. And and like at this moment in time, I'm I'm not capable of doing such a thing. Yeah. But I am, for example, able to help you with your goal. Yeah. So like I already told you this. Now again, yeah. when there are things we can do, we already planned like some things to go there and make a documentary or exactly. promotional videos, yeah. flyers, whatever. Yeah. I just want to be involved with that and give back as well. Uh then getting back to my own cause, now I have like I mean, we, we uh, I'm studying architecture. Yeah. I think at some point in the study, we have to design like a, a school or like some kind of building. And I want to like design like a, a school for an Algeria that's that I can at some day like actually build. I think that would be insane. And also like, I'm not the greatest like architect, but like when you have like a strong why, I'm sure I'm going to make a crazy building. I believe so. That I will so. actually like be functional and, and everything. I think, yeah, it just inspired me. And, and that idea didn't just come it was from seeing someone did the same uh and i hope many other people have that Bro, uh, you're gonna build that school man and i want to be part of that too <laughs> well, <I'm sure. laughs> yeah man that's that's great wow wow you know what the crazy thing about you is bro you're so young but man like you're so far ahead of your time that's crazy man <laughs> like You have all the ingredients to reach whatever goal you want to reach. Like all the ingredients. And the thing I, I, I love about you is that you're consistent, you're humble, you're respectful, and you're doing it. You're doing it every day. And, and that motivates me also. Like I, when I see stuff, things you do, I'm like, yo, don't sleep, Dennis, you see? <laughs> He's doing it. You got it go even harder like he's well how old is this kid 20 yeah he was 19 mates look look out look what he's doing right now go for it so i really admire that about you you know like like you put in the work and you're not afraid to put in the work you know and you don't see a lot of people from your generation do that at the time right now i mean there are a few but a lot of them are not 
putting in the work. They're expecting to get the things they want, but they're not ready to put in the work, you know. And um, what do you think is the reason they're they're scared to put in the work? Because they're all capable. I mean, they have two hands, they have two legs, they have a well-functioning brain. What, why is it that they're scared of not Because doing it? I think that, like, you know, every generation has its insecurities. And I think the level of insecurity in my generation was a lot more controllable, if I can say it, because we didn't have the uh, the social media influence that we, you guys, that we have now. When I grew up, the only media that could influence you was the TV. The second you switch it off, it's what you see on a billboard. But at the end of the day, you were just playing and doing whatever you want to do. You know, there was no phone or computer to constantly influence your mind. Which is now, we live in a time where we're constantly influenced by our phones and the things that we see. And if you do not have a solid foundation in your mindset, you know, you're constantly going to be influenced. You're absorbed by it. Yeah, you have no choice. You're going to absorb it. It's going to do something with you. If you keep seeing some things... You might say, oh, no, it's not going to do anything. It has influence on you. Yeah, unconsciously. Uh, exactly. Whether you want it or not. You know, so like at some point there's like this generation grow up who doesn't know what they want. They want to look like this. They try, but they can't. Or they want to reach this. They try, but they can't. Because everything we see on social media is like, it's all the good things. It only shows how easy or the success. But they don't show the struggle that comes with it. They don't show the pain that comes with it. They don't show the sacrifice that comes with it. They only show the end result. If you only see the end result, you know, you're only going to expect the end result, but you're not going to expect the world that the work that comes with it. I think that's the issue. You know? And that's why people like you are pretty unique to dig in and research and, and see that you got to put in the work. Yeah, I think I think what what really helped for me is uh, is this process called reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. Like, if I have a certain goal, yeah, that, that's cool. I want this, or I want to obtain that, or let's take something practical. I want to get my degree. Yeah, I want to get a degree mm -hmm. uh, in architecture. How am I going to do that? Okay, look back. I have three years of studying. To do a, I need to do a minor. I need to pass all these different subjects. Then I'll look, and and then you have to like make it into small bites, where it's actually like where you can plan, and it's not like this huge like snowball of I need to do this, this, and this, and I'm just gonna start. You need to create like a plan, where like with dedicated hours and like it has to be clear what you want. You let, let me let me interrupt you right there because I got a question for you. Like because this what you already are saying like that way of thinking, not everyone has that way of thinking from the get go. So how did you get to that point at this young age to think like this? You know, people people need years to get to that mindset, and you know? So I think it's partly because, as you mentioned yourself, like I surrounded myself with people that had that mindset already, and, and they wouldn't tell me that. But I, I, like I, I would look at how they would experience... Uh, at, at how they would attack their goals. And they were like, oh yeah, they're actually like 
taking very small steps in order to get it. They're not doing like something else. It, it's, it's just that. And then and imagine people like that don't have a, a dentist in their life or someone else that uh, is is doing uh, well. We, we can say just listening to podcasts, reading books. Reading books really helps. Were you doing all that stuff? You were reading books, listening to podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. When did you start doing stuff like that, bro? Reading books. I was reading books when I was young. I read like Harry Potter and, and all the yeah. like things that young people read. Yeah, yeah. And then I yeah. went into high school, and I just started disliking reading because I had to read like books that were like this thick that I didn't choose myself. Exactly. So I think that's something that uh, for all the teachers watching should change. Yeah, yeah, definitely change that. Let them read things that they actually like and they, you know, get enthusiastic about because yeah. Yeah, just just re reading like self development books, nonfiction most of the time. Uh, listening to podcasts. I mean, just some names like Jocko Willink, Andy Frisella, Joe Rogan, Jordan uh, Peterson. How old were you when you started doing like reading all these things about stuff like that? Reading really young and then listening to podcasts like I think when I was like 18, 19. Uh, but, but it all came together at some point. Like I, I started, then I also started working and but weren't you also practicing a sport? Like you, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, we talked about that, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I was doing taekwondo. Exactly. I started in two thousand six. So that's where I. How old were you when you started taekwondo? Two thousand six. I was five. Wow. I was five. Yeah, that's thanks to my dad. Mm. He uh, actually, I think I, I got bullied when I was young mm. because uh, I was really skinny, like like super skinny. Like mm. I'll, I'll I'll have my uh, producer put, put a picture up. Like, I was super, super skinny. Mm. And I remember they, they called me uh, grass. Like, literally, like, like one grass. Like, grasspritje in Dutch yeah, would be. Yeah. And I remember, like, I still remember that. I was five. And then uh, I got in fights and stuff. And I just, like, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to protect myself. And then we had a taekwondo school next to me. And my friends were already doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I started doing that. And you know, that's when I started, like, being more confident. and. So you had to fight for yourself. Yeah. That's where the mentality started, the age of five. Yeah. That's why you're so early with the things you're doing. See, also, you had to fight for yourself. You had to win in certain things and fight for things. So it's crazy, right? So, and sometimes if we look back, there are negative situations which force us to fight and to get a positive mindset. So we need these negative things in life somehow to understand what it is to have a right mindset or a, mind, a right will to do certain things, which is crazy. But yeah, because man, you, you bro, you, you, you're killing it, man. <laughs> you're killing it. Now your first podcast, you're killing it. Yeah, and, and that's also, I mean, part of the mission to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's something I I actively decided I want to help people like that's part of my why but it just like like I know all, I know all these people that have achieved great heights mm -hmm. and I always when I'm with friends like like just friends from my childhood they're like oh and you filmed with him and and you were with the Algerian team and like I, I want to share that with other people show them that like what they know because they have like I mean like just small things like just waking up earlier yeah. or challenging yourself every day yeah. those small things like th those were the things that I was reading when I was 17 or 18 and that helped me 
So I hope that that by doing this podcast, like some people get the that I had yeah. to also like start start doing doing more executing, and perhaps just creating like like really like setting goals for themselves that yeah. people tell them that are not possible, and and just like crushing them. You're a go getter. That's what I realized about you. Like you know, I mean, if we like if we talk about how we met. I'm like, <laughs> this kid, <laughs> I was the grumpiest person ever, I think, that day. You know, I love, I love food. And um, we were, I, like, me and my wife back then, then my fiancé, or, or my girlfriend then, we were sitting in a restaurant. The food wasn't that good. I had to wait long for my food. I didn't finish my plate. I wanted to leave. Then all of a sudden you stepped to me. Like, what was going through your mind, man? I remember that very clearly. I, I was sitting with uh, with Sefa, was a good friend, yeah. like good friend of me, my best friend, and we were eating together. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know you at the time. Like, yeah. I, I had never seen you. Yeah, it was just my, my friend told me, "Hey, that guy is a trainer of Mula Bay." <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was the only only introduction that I had. And at the time, I had recorded with Al Den Haag once. Yeah. So I was kind of in the sport industry, and obviously, I was, do- I was yeah. doing sports myself. So yeah. I'm a big fan of like everything that has to do with sports. Yeah. And he told me, uh, "You should go to him and, and ask him to, like, record something, or just just go to him." Like that, that was the idea. And then I, I, I just like took my Instagram. Like, I'm gonna show him this video that I made for Al Den Haag. <laughs> I'm gonna ask him if I can come record something for him, and. I just I just went I guess and it went okay. <laughs> Man, I, I remember like I was we were about to leave. You stood up, you're like yo, you know, you Dennis. I was like yo, I was like looking at you like, what? I, I don't. Where do I know you from? I don't. Did I do something like? And then you, the way you ask for it, maybe like I'm a you know I make videos because back at that time I had people making videos for me. You're like yeah, I make videos and this is what I do. Maybe we can mean something for each other. Check this video of other than that. Like I hate the club other than Hach. Sorry <laughs> for my words because it's, that's a whole different podcast. If I talk about why I had like these feelings about other than Hach, but uh, now it's a beautiful club. But back then, I like you know I didn't like it, and I'm like, so he's showing me stuff about other than Hach. I was like, okay, and about football players. I was like, okay, but the thing that stuck with me is like this kid just stepped to me, you know, and be like. Yeah, you know, this is what I do. I make videos. I would like to make something with, for you. Maybe we can make something for each other. Like, the position you put me in, like, I, there was no way I could have said no. Why would I say no? Why wouldn't I give you that chance? I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, he stepped up to me. He asked me something. He wants to do something. And, you know, he, he, he why would I say no? So you came. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I remember you telling me tomorrow. Yeah, I said tomorrow. <laughs> and 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 at that moment in time, I went back to the. I was like, yeah, great, let's do it tomorrow. I went back to the table and I told my friend, I don't have a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a small like like camera that's worse than your iPhone. Yeah, and I had an iPhone six at the time, so that also was an yeah. option. Uh, so I was like, shit, what am I gonna do? So I remember, I already told you this, this is yeah. so funny. I, 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 like my mom was a photographer, so I, I went to like her basement 
and I grabbed her like old cameras that, your mom, that your don't work. Your mom's <laughs> camera, okay? Yeah, but like, like I didn't know how it worked, and yeah, it, like it was for photos. Like you yeah. can do video with it, and I found it out later. So I was like, in the morning, I was really stressed. But I put the camera on my neck. I know <laughs> it was a yeah. big camera. Yeah, it was a huge camera. <laughs> and then I recorded with the small one. <laughs> uh, you know, I never realized that you were recording with it. Like I was like, maybe he's taking pictures with a small one, and you had this big one around your neck. But I was like, okay. At some point, you were recording with a small one. I was like, you know, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. So I'm like, I th- only knew that small cameras are not, you know, special. But I was like, okay. But then you came with the edit, and I was like, okay, so you did that with that minimum equipment? I was like, all right. All right. I was like, cool. And also what I liked about you, that like the quickness you work with. I was like, bum, bum, straight away. Like I was like, whoa. So remember that you know, guys that I was working with, they're very talented and good, but they needed time because they had all a, a lot of other things going on. You know, and editing is not easy, but you were so quick with your edits. I was like, okay. And I remember then there was this next event coming, the Balieu event with, 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 yeah, with Frenna. That's where it went down. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let's go to that event. We just do whatever. You... I, I, I never expected to go like that. Like in one day, you had all the numbers of all the top artists in the Netherlands and professional football player. Like it was ins- it was just not normal, man, bro. <laughs> I remember this really funny. I uh, so like I, I rented a camera for the event because yeah. I didn't have anything. I didn't know you and, had a camera. I, I and, 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 and the whole night I was just looking at reviews, how to how to make a photo, how to edit it, like just everything. And I remember like I got there and I saw like the red Lamborghini and it was crazy. And then at some at at a moment uh, at some point like Ronnie Flex came in. Yeah, I took a photo of him. And I showed him the photo. He was like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's great. <laughs> and, and I told him, yeah, man, uh, like, I, like do, do you want it? He was like, yeah, sure. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll, I'll send it to you. And he gave me his phone. And I put in my number. And I called myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, man. Just like <laughs> that, back bro. Him in, in, like, the, that same night, I sent him pictures and he posted them. And... Yeah, that was crazy. Bro, that was just like, I was like, what, what? I don't even have Ronnie Flex's number. We know each other, but I don't have his number. Man, that went so quick. You know, at, at some point you make you were making videos. I will never forget. And the guys were shooting a video clip. At some point they were not looking at the cameraman who was there for them. They were looking into your camera. I was like, it's like just do your thing, bro. Just do your thing. That event was like, to me, it was like so magical because it was so good to see like, in a week time, how fast things went for you, and ever since you just took off, man. Yeah, That's yeah. I mean, I big mean. big thanks. I mean, we, we talked about this many times, but I think, like, when you get an opportunity or like half opportunity, like you really have to like give it your all. And if it doesn't work, like at some point it will, and then it will be worth it. Yeah. And I think that week I didn't sleep. Because I was editing and then I was looking up re- like tutorials on how to edit and how to make photos, and I've always had this. Like for example, when I have like a, I had to like shoot a football game and it's not great like advertising for myself, but I, I always find a way. But then it's like the night before or it's just like, but I, I you have to make it happen. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's something you like. I could never do that though. <laughs> what you did, bro, like. Pfft. 
But that's because your mind, everything was like towards that direction and you just made it happen. And I, that's why like, I admire you for that. That's why at your young age, I was like, whoa, this kid went so fast. And he's, he, you adapt so quick to new levels. I was like, whoa, you know? I mean, at some point you were taking photos and making videos for the national team of Algeria. I was like, <laughs> I, I called you right yeah I know <laughs> I was in the hotel I was with like, players <laughs> I was like what <laughs> you know like stuff like that so it means that you know you, you're doing good and um, you work out a lot but the only thing though I, I, I would tell you is that you need to find your moments of rest but you know now you're young so you won't you won't feel that too much but it's good to build them in mm. yeah, yeah but I mean I, I try to practice active recovery And that's like by just taking walks or going to the sauna and like taking cold showers. That mm -hmm. I feel like like speeds up your yeah. recovery time. Yeah. I think that, that that's really good and it goes really well with the, the working out and everything. Like it fits yeah. also for recovery, obviously. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's good, man. I mean, crazy. But it's hard when you, when you tell me that you sleep five hours 30, then I also have to, you know, <laughs> stop my game. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. But I, I, I realized that I did it for a long time, but my body's also asking me to rest with more. So I try to get my sleep back in the weekends. That's why the weekends, I'm like, no one can, like, already, if you WhatsApp me, like, how hard is it to reach me? Like, you know, I never respond on WhatsApp because I tend to stay away from the phone. And never, like, people call me, like, two, three times before, I, like, you know? And in the weekend, I'm, like, off the radar, off the grid because I need those moments. I need those moments because, you know, there are new goals. At some point, you get new goals in life, you know. Uh, yeah, I have a wife. That means it comes with certain responsibilities. And also, you know, you want to you wanna set goals with that person too, you know. So it's like um, a different thing. Um, it's a different thing. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm not alone. I'm not by myself anymore. So I need to also yeah. make sure I, uh, I do the right things in, in, in that relationship comes down to adapting to the situation right like you have to like things change and you have to be able to react yeah without like yeah too much I mean, time for that exactly you have to be able to oh you have to be able to react to that you know to new things that come in your life and that's that's basically um you know what i have to do like this new chapter starting of your life and i'm like wow okay how am i gonna do this but it will do we'll find a way it's just new Like, okay, you need to slow down a bit sometimes. Right now you don't because you're young. Go for it. But the time will come that you have to slow down a bit. You're like, e you know? Mm. Not that I'm that old, though, but... <laughs> we, still, we, we still see you do pull-ups. And I mean, <laughs> we made a video when you were doing the American football thing. Yeah, bro. That, that didn't look like slowing down at all. <laughs> no, no, no. When it comes to training, no, I want to be top of the game. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean... Like at some point, like I was training, I became the trainer, and now I become a gym owner, uh, entrepreneur. Like several you know, gym owner, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. multiple gym owner. Yeah, I got three gyms at the time now. Yeah, like you know, like you just keep growing. You grow out. You will grow. Out, you will outgrow the things that you're doing, and then you need to step into the next one. You know, next next level. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. 
All right, man. I think that's a great, uh, great ending of the the podcast. That's a good I think one. We talked about some interesting, uh, interesting topics. Yeah, we'll definitely have Dennis on uh, in the future if he's uh, if he's done. It's a must, bro. It's a must. And uh, thank you for coming, man. Thank you for having me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>